What's up, everyone? I hope you're doing fantastically well today. This is Rafael Garcia here for episode 188 of the MMA Ratings Podcast. My tag team partner, Swan Humes, is out today due to um, doing dad work, as he usually is. You know, we call him Super Dad on this show, but that does not mean we are going to be stopping. Nope, we are on episode 188 as we continue our push towards 200. So thank you all for your continued support of our content. We appreciate everything you do. We appreciate all of your uh, support, all of your listening to our shows, liking our content, all of that helps. And we've been experiencing a good amount of growth lately that is due to the, the work that you're doing. So as always, thank you for taking the time to doing, um, to thank, thank you for taking the time for checking out our content. Tonight, we're going to be talking about Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr., those results, Anthony Smith getting a win, Clarissa Shields going over to PFL, Leon Edwards out of this fight, and a little bit more. But before we do that, as always, you can catch us over on MMARatings.net and .com. Thank you for checking out those platforms, and you can catch us on podcast outlets as well, including MMA Ratings on YouTube. Uh, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Anchor, and Spotify as well. You can catch me at rgarcia underscore sports where I'm usually doing all of my content promotion and development there too. Let's jump right into it and let's start with the boxing fight from Saturday where Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. faced off in an eight-round contest that ended in a draw, but Consensus pretty much is that Mike Tyson won that fight. It ended in a draw, and it was pretty much clear that that was going to be the case, especially as the rules rolled out leading up to the fight. And I really feel like those rules are were put into place because no one wanted to see an old man get hurt. And this was a situation where an old man could get hurt. You're talking about two former champions, putting them in there in a fight and telling them not to really fight, that really does not compute. It does not work for some people. And you can easily see Tyson and Jones being two individuals who get fired up and start throwing hands. But this was still a decent showing from my understanding. I mean, I went into it with a, with a not, with a, let me see. I went into it with a, I'm going to be disappointed standpoint with the hope of not being disappointed. And I wasn't disappointed per se, but I was definitely, this was, this was what I thought it was going to be. Two guys getting in there, doing the best that they could at 54 and 51 years of age, respectively. Uh, I have not heard anything about pay-per-view buys. That's what I'm really interested in seeing because I think, if we see a huge number there, we'll see more of this in the future. There's a lot of things going against this being a huge payday. We're in the middle of a global pandemic. This global pandemic of COVID-19 has basically run, run all over everyone's finances. And I can see a lot of people not wanting to spend the extra $50 to watch this content. But again, you know, it was the only thing going on. What was really a quiet sports weekend. So we'll see what those numbers really look like. I'm looking forward to seeing those, but I don't think we live in a world 
where we see more of this, um, more of these old men getting in, in, into the cage and, oh, excuse me, into the ring and, and fighting. Um, Mike Tyson has hinted about doing this again. I've seen Evander Holyfield's name pop up. I don't want to see that because if anyone has, has seen what Holyfield looks like nowadays, he doesn't seem to be in the best of shape and or health to be in that situation. And then we have um, Roy Jones Jr. at 51. I could see him. I could see him doing the fight against Anderson Silva, who's like 46, 47, I believe, in some way, shape, or form. I could see that happening. But again, that's not really in my appetite. I don't have an appetite for that. But I do see some people being willing to watch that. This was a this was fun, and I say that with a question mark because it the lead up to it was pretty interesting. But I don't think that there's a long term space for this in the world of professional sports, especially combat sports. There's a reason why these athletes age out at a certain point in in their career, and I don't think we want to put ourselves in a position to where Combat sports can be on the front news or be the main talking point for all the wrong reasons. I mean, we remember when that fight that Kimbo and Dino 5000 had that was not good at all. And both men almost died from that having heart attacks and stuff like that. So we don't want to see another situation with that. We don't want to see it on a bigger stage, especially now when there isn't a lot to talk about in the world of sports. You don't want to see a situation like that occur and it get blown up and have massive ramifications across the industry. Uh, the co-main event of this fight will also not have massive ramifications, in my opinion, because it's exactly what we thought should have happened. Jake Paul knocked out uh, Nate Robinson, and all the memes are coming forth because this was a nasty knockout. Jake caught, I'm not even going to say caught, but he put Robinson out face first after Robinson was trying to rush forward. And if anyone knows anything, <clears throat> excuse me, anyone knows anything about fighting, watch this bout. You know that Nate had no business being in this matchup. I, I get it. He's a basketball player. He was a pretty good basketball player, multiple time slam dunk contest winner. I get it. But watching him try to fight Jake Paul was absolutely ridiculous. And that should not have occurred. I mean, it's not as bad as two men in their 50s fighting, but it's definitely not a situation you want to see too much of. Robertson got put out, and he dropped face first down to the to the mat. And the conversation point that's really come out of there since is whether or not people should be allowed to make fun of uh, Robertson for how he fell and how the situation ended up. And in my opinion... I think that's all free game. That's all free game. He stepped in there. He stepped into the ring. He knew what situation he was putting himself into. He willingly did so, and he paid for it. Unfortunately, paid for it in all the worst of of ways. Athletes, professional athletes, they get the adulation that comes with the victories. They get the praise and the and the worship that comes with being champions and winning rings and winning titles, et cetera, et cetera. But they also put themselves in a position where if they lose and lose spectacularly, they're going to be made fun of, especially especially in today's age where the internet culture of making memes and laughing and joking about people is a vicious one. And Nate Robinson is just the next name on, on 
list, I see a lot of people using the same images that they used from when Juan Marquez, Juan Manuel, Juan Manuel Marquez slept Manny Pacquiao. A lot of people are using those same memes and just swapping out Nate Robinson for Manny. Some people are coming up with some brand new ones. That's just the name of the game. I hate to say it like that, but he got knocked the fuck out, as Chris Rock said on Friday, and no one should feel bad for making fun of him or making jokes of the, the situation. That's kind of all what we expected to see. So that was the co-main event. There wasn't anything else I wanted to talk about from that card. Um, I am interested, again, like I said, I'm interested in seeing the pay-per-view buy rates because I would like to see, I like to see how athletes come up with new ways to make money. And this is a new way for people to make money. I'm not saying that Jake Paul and his brother should be considered high-level athletes. I'm saying that they've opened up an avenue to making money that helps cut out some of these old-school promoters like a Bob Arm or a Dana White or others who get too much of the pie for doing too little, in my opinion, for having these hooks in these athletes. So it's interesting to see these guys continue to do something different and be able to uh, make make that money and put other people in a position to make money. So that's why I'm interested in seeing the buy rates because you know these guys are going to fight again. You know Jake Paul's going to get in there again. You know Logan Paul's going to get in there again. KSI as well. And they're going to keep doing that foolishness and just keep making, keep getting all those millions of people to buy these pay-per-views and, and make that money. Love that money. Uh, Anthony Smith also got a win as well. He stepped in, not last minute, but he was in the co-main event against um, – I don't even know who, Devin Clark, I think, and won via submission, via triangle choke. I am drawing a blank. Let me pull it up real quick. Anthony Smith. So, yes, Anthony Smith, and he's 32 years old, and I want to hang on that for a second. But, yeah, he, he defeated Devin Clark via triangle choke in the first round under three minutes. And this was an important win for him because it broke it ended his losing streak. He is two and two across the last four, three and two across his last five, going back to his John Jones fight at UFC two thirty five. And the way Anthony Smith was being talked about, it was almost as if his time is done. He has a record of thirty four and sixteen. He's been doing this for a long time, and even though he's still rather young, we all know that that punch count uh catches up to you very, very quickly. Man, he lost to Roger Grace. I did not know that. But we all know that that punch count catches up to you extremely, extremely uh, quickly. So the question becomes, how do, like, what do they do with Anthony Smith? Because he is, this was a fight that he should have won. He needed to win because he didn't need to slip down the um, card anymore. Does it, is it one that puts him back in title contention or even talks about it? Absolutely not. He should continue to find ways to get these type of fights to win. But I, as I said, he's had 50 professional fights dating back to 2008. So he is almost he's 12 years in the game, coming up on 13 in February. So you have to wonder how much longer is he going to be doing this? Um, he hasn't looked the best. Like that Glover to share a fight that he took that bludgeoning in, it just didn't it didn't look good. So let's see what he looks like in the future. But I think that this was this was an important win 
for him. He needed this to kind of like right the ship a little bit, and it it it's a good way this for him to close out the year because he's had he's had a tough one. He's had a very tough one, and this was a good way for him to close out the year. Um, what does it mean for him? It means that he stays within the UFC and doesn't get cut. That's what it means right now. I don't think they would have cut him anyway with three losses. Maybe depending on what his purse is like, because I know that that's kind of a big driving factor for who's staying on and who does not. But that would have been three losses in 2019, uh, 2020, excuse me. That would have been three losses this year. And I could have seen the UFC cutting him if, if he did lose, but he found a way to stay relevant and stay within the promotion. So hats off to him. Probably the biggest news story of the weekend, early week, is Clarissa Shields is making her move to MMA and she is joining PFL Professional Fighters League. Now, if you do not know who Clarissa Shields is, which a lot of people will not, she is widely considered the best uh, women's boxer in the world, maybe the greatest of all time. She's 25, yeah, 25 years old. She's from Flint, Michigan, and she's a two-time Olympic gold medalist, both at middleweight, 2012-2016. She is 10-0 as a boxer, and, I mean, she's fighting whoever she can. She fought earlier this year, and um, she has – she was pretty active in 2018, not so much in 2019, pretty uh, very active in 2017 as well, too. So now she's making a move over to um, MMA, and she was someone that – what's her name? Cyborg was talking about having a boxing match against, um, but now she's in MMA, and I think this is a solid move. I'm, I, I am, you know, I am here for athletes making the move from other sports into another. It's no different from a jujitsu competitor making a move to MMA, from a wrestler making a move to MMA. She's just a big, she's just a big name. Kayla Harrison. We're gonna talk about her in a second. But she is a two-time gold medalist as well, and you now see her destroying women in the PFL as well. And I'm here for this Clarissa Shields experiment. I think she's someone that could become, if properly built up, she's someone that could become a star. I say star in air quotes for the sport. She, I don't know if PFL is the right spot to do that. Let's say she wins. I wonder what a contract looks like because I hope she isn't tied up into some big, long contract with the PFL. I think she, if she did like two or three fights, she could then move over. These fights that she has signed are non-tournament fights. Non-tournament fights, which is important because a tournament locks you in, like we see with uh, Clar- not like we see with Kayla Harrison. Non-tournament fights. So let's see what uh, how long her term is for, because I think she could have some um, crossover appeal, and I'm wonder if the UFC is interested in her at all. You saw them pick up Danielle Wolf, I think that was the woman's name, who fought on Contender Series this past uh, season, and she got a contract to the UFC weirdly, but that's neither. You know, they 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 need 45 pounders, so that's probably a big part of the reason why she got that got her deal. But Clarissa Shields, she should be. She should be an interesting name to watch, but I'm going to go ahead and say I do not want to see anything about Clarissa Shields fighting Kayla Harrison anytime soon. Kayla Harrison is a two-time Olympic uh, gold medalist just like Clarissa Shields, but she has eight 
MMA bouts under her belt. And she's fought them in different styles against, against different types of women. And she's fought them all within two years. Because remember, her first MMA bout was in 2018. And she has been getting better and more dangerous every time she steps into the cage. If you saw her last fight, man, she bludgeoned the shit out of some woman to the point where it almost looked like she felt bad for all the damage that she did. So I don't want to hear anything about Clarissa Shields and Kayla Harrison being in a cage together at any, in any point in time in the near future. All we have to do is look back to the Aaron Pico experiment and see how that damages young fighters. Aaron Pico should have been brought up slowly against against the type of talent that was level to his experience, but they wanted to put him in there with some dangerous-ass men, and he was getting knocked out, and he was getting choked out. Now he is a, he is of a better spot, and he is doing much better, looking much better every time he competes. That is the pace that you want to build these fighters up. Throwing them into the deep end does not work. And it's not just him. I mean, look, Mackenzie Dern, she has she had a hard point um, when she stepped in, in into the UFC when she had to fight someone who was prepared to not to, to put her in a place where her style doesn't dominate. Crone Gracie had the same situation. Um who else? Let me think of some. There's plenty of other uh, other individuals who do not have the strongest MMA records, even though they excelled in other combat sports. I do not want to see that same thing happen to Kayla Harris. I think she is someone who can become a big star. Like we've, I've talked about and written about, MMA does not have a big name with as an African American woman who can help draw eyeballs to this sport. Is Clarissa Shields that name? I don't know. But she could be. But putting her in there with Kayla Harrison right out the gate isn't the way to go. It's not the way to answer that question. It'll make it worse, to be honest. And um, the situation needs to be properly managed. And this is why you have team and a manager that can that can point her in, in the right direction. I'm interested in seeing what this looks like. I'm going to watch her. First fight. I haven't watched a PFL fight in so freaking long, but I'm going to watch this one just because I'm interested in seeing how Clarissa Shields look in the future. Uh, the other big piece of news that came out today was that Leon Edwards is out of his December 16th fight against Kazmat Shemayev because of COVID-19. And his situation was supposed to be really bad. Mike Vaughn, I think, over at MMA Junkie was talking about how Edwards has lost 12 pounds, and he was unable to like eat and train, and he had a really, really, really bad uh, issue with COVID-19. And this is unfortunate because Edwards has not had the best of luck as of lately. He can't, the man can't catch a break. He was in a situation where he was supposed to fight Tyron Woodley before Tyron Woodley's downward spiral kind of took over. And he lost that fight. He probably would have gotten a title shot maybe if he would have won that fight, but he lost that fight. Then he was basically muscled into taking a fight against Jamal after being quarantined in uh, the UK and unable to get to the United States. So he was back into that into that fight against 
Shimeoff, and now he loses that fight, so he loses a whole year of activity. And it's unfortunate to see that. I hope he does get rebooked. I hope they do find a way to make this fight. I, it's going to suck because you know he's not going to be in the best shape um, when he does come back from this. And you know they're going to try to put him right back in there with uh, Shimeoff because they want him to lose. And it's, it's just an unfortunate situation. I hope that he is first and foremost in the best of health. I hope that he recovers well. And I hope that he gets the most out of the situation and figures out a way that he can continue to excel and protect himself during this career. I think this is a very – they went from lose-lose to super lose-lose for Leon Edwards now that he contracted COVID-19 and, and he's out of um, this fight. I was going to tag in my partner, Sean Humes, now to talk about this Earl Spence and Danny Garcia fight, which is scheduled for this weekend, but he's not here. This is a big boxing match. I don't know too much about either one of these guys. So I'm going to let Shawan uh, talk about that. I've, I've heard a lot of other people talking about this bout. So um, I, is there a UFC card this weekend? I think there is. I'm not sure if yours truly is working it. Let me hop in here and see if there is. That is a fantastic question because I am not sure. It feels like there's a UFC event every weekend, which there basically is. I think we get a week off. We get one week off, and then we get um, seven seven cards in seven weeks. So let me double check, of course. Let's see. Sorry for the dead air, people. I should have looked at this, but I did not think of whether or not there's going to be a card this weekend. There is, ladies and gentlemen. I am not working it. It is a fight night. Who is fighting this weekend? Let's see, let's see, let's see. December 5th, UFC fight night. Jack Hermanson versus Marvin Vittori. That's right, because Kevin Holland is out of this fight. See, this is, an, I, man, we, you talk about cards that you want to skip and cards you don't want to watch. Oh, boy. Jack Hermanson, Marvin Vittori is the main event. And that's interesting because I, I want to see Marvin Vittori continue to develop. He's been making it a point to call out um, Israel Adesanya more and more. So let's see if he can continue with that momentum. OSP is fighting Jamal Hill. I mean, Montana De La Rosa is fighting uh, Talia Santos. Uh, Roman Dolidis is fighting John Allen. Nate Lavander is fighting Mozavar. I don't even know who that guy is. But I mean, this is what we're getting nowadays. And it's only going to get worse as more and more fighters are hampered by COVID-19. And the Dana White Contender Series continues on bringing in names that are cheaper, lesser known, and can turn around and are willing to turn around and, and fight sooner. This is one here. And it is, this is this is the situation we're going to be stuck with, people. So giddy up. Hold on to your butts, as Samuel Jackson once said in a famous shark movie. But that's really all we had to talk about this week. Uh, Shawan and I was definitely going to be diving in more. You know he is more of the voice of the show, and I kind of guide the content. But as always, thank you for taking the time to join us again as usual. I am working on 
some pro wrestling content this week. I'm writing a piece about Commissioner Shields as well. I'm trying to get, try, I have, I feel, I have, you guys know, especially if you follow me on Twitter, I have a love hate relationship with MMA, and it's kind of been pushing me away from writing about it. But I'm slowly getting back into the course of doing that. So expect some content out of me this week. As always, you can find this podcast across all of our channels on MMARatings.net and .com. Over at YouTube on MMA Ratings and across Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple iTunes, Breaker, um, Anchor, and uh, I feel like I'm forgetting one. But you can search us all in all those places at MMA Ratings. As always, I thank you for taking the time to listen to this content. Please be sure to join us uh, next week. And everyone have a great week and stay safe.